we're kind of like, let's talk about what we are saying and who we're saying it to. And let's dig into the actual worship that we're bringing to the Lord when we sing. And, and so in that regards, we are very impartial. Um, there's many types of genres that we plan to get into. And I think you'd be surprised at what our, our opinions are on that music. And we're back with another episode of Him Partial, where we talk all things church music. I'm Monet Funke. And I'm Kyra Devereaux. And today we're actually going to be doing something a little bit different. (laughs) Today we're actually going to break our format, not that we have a really strict one. We're going to break our format a little bit to give you a background of who we are and why we, what we really wanted to accomplish when we set out to start this podcast. Yeah, that's right. But before we get into it, what are some things you want to know about the podcast? Leave us a comment below and let us know. Um, this really helps us to get to know you all better. And we're really keen to do that. It helps us to help you if we know the sort of things you're interested in, what you want us to talk about. Um, so yeah, leave us a comment. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts um, so that you never miss another episode. It's very true. So, Kara. I know we've been talking about this episode for a really long time. And the point here is not to have us just have a chat. Uh, that's very easy for us to do. We do that anyway. Yeah, that, this could be hours if that was the case. But the point is to sort of give some insight onto as to why you and I want to start this podcast in the first place and what our goals are. And I guess for those who are currently listening or might listen in the future um yeah it's an interesting story i tell you um where are we what are we in yeah we're like halfway through the year (laughs) so um maybe a month or two ago i had no expectations that i would be doing this Mm. um you probably had even less than no expectations so um it's a bit of a one of those weird stories Mm. yeah yeah actually i'm gonna tell it So a few months ago, as she said, she's going to tell it from her side. (laughs) Yes, I'll tell you this. You guys are getting the inside scoop of how this actually happened for me. But a few months ago, Cara sent me a text late at night and she was asking, was it? It was night. I was in my bed. So it was late. (laughs) Maybe that's when I read it. But she was like, a funny question. How do you think it would be? This is her voice in my head. (laughs) She said, how do you think it would be if I started a podcast discussing the backgrounds of hymns? Um, and I was like, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> and so, and my husband, cause it was night, my husband was there and he's actually super enthusiastic about it as well. He's the secret third member of yes. him partial. <laughs> yes, he definitely, uh, he is genuinely, he does our graphics and everything. He's a huge fan. So Kara asked me if this was a good idea and I was like, yes, of course. And then do you remember what you asked me next? So this is interesting. This is how Monet remembers this because I remember texting her. Do you think there's uh, an audience for a podcast about hymns? And I thought I was being super subtle. I was like, do you think there's an audience for that? And she was like, yeah. So I texted her back and goes, 
you want to do it? (laughs) (laughs) And to my surprise, she texted me back and was like, yes. And I was like, oh, okay, we're doing a podcast now. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You asked if I would co-host the show with you, which I accepted, of course, because here we are. But um, I was really excited, really excited, like enthusiastic, because I actually like studied film and sound like a hundred years ago. And when I was back in uni and that's a skill that I hadn't really used in a long time. So I was really just happy to help like from a technical standpoint, though, let's be honest, technology has moved on a lot since I studied it like a decade ago. Um, but I think I was quite intimidated to be a co-host in a sense, because as we started to get into the how and the why of this podcast, I realized that I'm pretty average. I'm a, I'm a layman. I'm a lay woman. I don't know what the proper term is, but I'm no historian. I have no particular knowledge in church history. I didn't go to seminary. So really on paper, I have no qualifications to tell others about something historical, especially related to the church. You've been to church for years though. So it's not like you've You've got years of experience singing hymns. So basically what you're saying is that I am ancient history, so... No, I just mean like... I'm kidding. You you sung hymns, so... I mean, it's a start, right? Yeah, it's a start. It's a start. Um, But I think like one of the things that we talked about when we were... Because, I mean, this kind of sparked off like days and weeks of conversations and just going back and forth. Well, we, you know, we really wanted to do it right, even even if it wasn't you know, perfect. You know, we wanted to approach it right in terms of what are our clear goals? What are our clear audience? What is, you know, who, who, what is our voice? And I think one of the things that I was really encouraged by just during our conversations is, you know, we really wanted to approach it in a sense where I am an average person. You are slightly above average average person. (laughs) And Really, that's the type of people who we want to reach to encourage folks that you don't have to be a historian. You can look into these things for yourself and we will happily help. And we want to talk about these things because we think they're important for the church. Definitely. And I think the other thing is that when you listen to a podcast or watch videos and it's some pro it's like, you know, he's got six PhDs and he's written about 12 books and he's telling you about church history and you're just like, wow, I could never do that. Mm. Um, and so to have two people that, you know, just sit in the pews on a Sunday morning, but love hymns and church music, it's a good, a good thing, I think, because, Absolutely. you know, we're doing these podcasts and we're telling you all this stuff, but actually you could easily go and find some of this stuff out and, Mm -hmm. you know, be learning. So we're as much a springboard for you Mm -hmm. as we are like a thing. (laughs) Yeah. Spring. We're, we're as much a springboard for you guys as we are teaching ourselves, you know, it's a, it's what I was trying to say. (laughs) That's okay. That's why we're here. That's why I'm the co-host. This is why I wanted to co-host. I was like, I'm completely inarticulate and boring on my own. (laughs) Untrue. Untrue. So I think it's important, um, that just, folks get to know us a little bit better. So I know a lot about you, but I feel like probably not even as much as I should know. But in terms of, you know, music and church music, kind of what is your background and how did you end up where you are today? It's a long story. Tell us. 
settle in. <laughs> so um, my parents were not from a Christian background. They were a Christian. They were Christians when they got married. And I think if we ever do like a February 14th podcast, we should get them to tell their story because oh. it's like something out of a Hallmark movie, but more stressful. That's a that's tangent. <laughs> my parents were not from Christian families, so they didn't really kind of have a Christian background they didn't really know what they were doing. So they were just kind of like, well, we'll go to church where they preach the Bible because mm. that seems like a good idea. Yes. So I started life in a Methodist church. Interesting. Yeah. You don't need a whole life story. Never mind. Um, <laughs> um, so when we moved up to Scotland, cause we moved around a lot when I was younger, we moved up to Scotland. We joined a Baptist church. It was not a great Baptist church. It was the kinds where they'd quote people like Rick Warren back mm. in the early 2000s when he was a big deal. Yeah. Um, um, the music in that church was often very lively. Mm -hmm. um, they had a band. They had like praise rota and things mm -hmm. and they had a projector. Mm. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. Um, but they also had an electric organ and I used to hate it. I used to be like, oh, we're singing the boring stuff. Sounds like Dracula playing away in his castle. Like... I needed to slap. Um, she regrets those comments now. Don't I worry. do now. I have a lot more appreciation for older music now. Because yeah. a lot of the modern stuff we sang was pretty vapid. Mm. Um, it was, you know, early to mid 2000s. And contemporary yes. music at that point was not good. I do know what you mean. Um, so when I was 10 or 11, we used to, um, in the summer holidays because they didn't have Sunday school and stuff, which I hated anyway, we'd visit other churches mm -hmm. um, just to kind of get to know people and to hear other preachers and things. Um, so in the six weeks of summer holidays, we'd just visit some other churches. My mum had visited one fairly recently and she really liked it because for their children's talk, they read the Bible and then the pastor explained that bit of Bible to nice. the children. Yeah. Um, and she was like, oh, we should go there. And we went and that Sunday he'd started, an, I was going to say an episode, um, a series mm -hmm. on Hebrews. Nice. And it was just the introductory one. And we were kind of like, oh, that's interesting. We should come back next week and see what this is about. Mm -hmm. And we kept doing that and kept doing that and kept doing that. And eventually we just didn't go back to the other church. I see. Yeah. But they were very different. They had one of those old electric organs. Um, they sang out of the old Christian hymns. Mm -hmm. The, I think it's like the 1985 version. It's the little red book. Yeah, the uh, one, yeah. it's not in print anymore. <laughs> but um, I see it in a lot of churches, so I guess that tells you something about the kind of churches that we visit. It's pretty. It's visit. a good hymn yeah, book. It's it pretty great. solid. Yeah. Um, you get large print ones for those of you who can't. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's a predecessor to new Christian hymns. Christian hymns. Is it just Christian hymns? I think the red book is called New Christian Hymns. No? I was thinking the yellow and white one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just called Christian hymns. Oh, it's the predecessor to the yellow and okay. white Christian hymns. All right, all right, all right. Um, so not as modern and stuff. I see. And coming from the old Baptist church, I really, really, really struggled with that. Yeah. Because I'm someone who loves music. Um, and that was a hard thing for me. Were you already playing instruments at that point in your life? Yes. Which ones were you playing? At that point, when I was 10, I would have been playing just the fiddle. Nice. 
Fiddle is violin. Just violin. <laughs> Set better. <laughs> I don't know. When I hear the word fiddle, I think of like swing your partner round and round. Like yeah. really kind of country western. So my favorite is like Cape Breton um, and East Coast, Scottish East Coast style. Nice. Um, so when people talk about Celtic music, I'm just like, oh, you have no idea how broad that is. <laughs> um, She's like, she becomes a music snob for that one I, phrase. I, it's, just, it's just that one thing. <laughs> I don't care about classical music. I'm just like, Celtic music, are you including like French Canadian in that? Yeah. Like, I love French Canadian. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was a difficult transition from contemporary with a worship band to an organ, an old organ, and these hymn books that sometimes stuck to your hand mm. when you were trying to hold them. Lovely. But I kind of began to read the hymns, mm -hmm. like actually read what I was singing. And although I didn't understand a lot of it, that the stuff that I did understand, I really liked. Yeah. And it was at that point I began to memorize stuff, like not strictly deliberately, but it was a thing like I would sing things and I would find that I was actually remembering them mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so at that point I learned an appreciation for hymns I don't know whether to go on well or just I leave think, that there <laughs> I think it's interesting to know how you got into um you know kind of playing music because I know that's kind of like a unique thing that we should have in common that's I don't know not the point at which I began to play church music okay because that church did not believe that anything other than sort of a keyboard was appropriate. So how, how did you get into playing church music? When did that even spark? Um, so when I was, um, I'm trying to think of I was 16 or 17. I was 17 when I went to uni mm -hmm. um, and I was part of a church and they were like, oh, you play the violin, come play for us. <laughs> um, which was not appropriate because I wasn't a member. Um, that's a whole other issue. We're going to get in trouble for that comment. You know, we're going to get, we're going to get yelled at for that. Yeah, but my pastor's going to fist bump me. No. So that's fine. <laughs> so will mine, but my pastor's also yeah, my husband. Yeah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I wasn't a member, um, yeah. but I would play. Yeah. Um, and they were, actually, they were actually quite a good blend of older hymns and more contemporary music. Mm. Um, and I loved it and I was like oh my goodness this is amazing mm. uh, and then when I graduated I moved down to Edinburgh and my now pastor uh, when he found out I could play the violin he was like great this is great come and play in church um, so the piano or the guitar we have a guitar sometimes we'll play and I'll just play the tune it's nothing fancy it's not like you know when you see the gettys and the violins doing all this like twiddly stuff mm -hmm. none of that it's just kind of like just play the tune and it helps the people to sing, to sing it. because it gives you a clear mm -hmm. melody line. So that's how I ended up um, playing in yeah. church. Wow. So fairly recently then, like the last, what, six, five, six years, then? Four. Last four, four years. Four years wow. Yeah. So I've been, cool. I've been playing the fiddle since I was about, I think, eight or nine. Mm -hmm. And I was 20 before I played it in church. Wow. That is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um. I've actually gotten the pleasure to play with you once and you were playing the cello actually with me. I prefer the cello. It's so it's much a, more mellow. It's and, a beautiful oh, instrument and you'll, and you'll know why. So thanks for sharing that. I think, um, I think it's important. 
important. It makes it sound very self-important. I think it's interesting to know our background a little bit because yes, we are laymen and lay women. I actually don't even know what I is the appropriate there. And I was like, it's true. <laughs> I'm lame. We're lay people. And, um, as in we're not, uh, we're not official ministry people or anything like that. And we aren't scholars and we're not in churches that have like worship and leading the music is not an official position. Yeah. I think that's important to say because yes, yes. in the States you have some of the churches have like paid positions or someone's a yeah. m- music leader and stuff. We don't have that in, yeah. in Scottish churches. A lot of it's just someone can play the keys yeah. and yeah. that'll do us. And there's no like judgment there in terms of, yeah. you know, it's just, it just happens to be the way things are. And um, we're tiny. Yeah, we're, we're just tiny. like someone with skills. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My, my, my history is a lot different, um, but I'm also just a tiny bit older than her. But you don't know how much because of my youthful, my youthful skin. I just we look like we could be like one or two years apart. Anyways, I digress. I digress. And that was a shameless call for praise. But um, so music actually has been a huge part of my life, like since I was as old as I can remember, as young as I can remember. I can't think of what the phrase is now. Um but since I was a kid, basically, I've been singing since, again, as early as I can remember. And in fact, there was a point when I was a kid, I was pretty sure I was going to be a pop star. I was like dreaming of joining like American Idol in like my life. Imagine you singing in the shower. Like. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of shower singing and I promise you it wasn't terrible. A lot of talent shows, a lot of things like that when I was growing up um, that yeah, I was a, so music was very big and music's a big part of my family as well. My older brother was, you know, is a R&B singer and had some um success both in Los Angeles where we are from and also in I did not know Germany. That. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you the name of his. It's not a Christian band, so <laughs> she'll tell me off camera. Yeah, she'll tell, I'll tell her off camera. But um so music was always a big part. I mean, my, my dad, he's really into percussion and he has actually a very lovely singing voice as well. My mom has a very lovely singing voice. Um, music is just a huge part of my life in its own category, just music. Um, and so when I got into middle school, which is about age 11, um, I'm just trying to c- compare it. I don't know what year that is here. That would be sort of first year of high school, I think, yeah. but I get confused because I was the wrong age. So Yes. That's okay. We'll talk about it. <laughs> so, yes, when I was in middle school, um, I accidentally joined an orchestra. Basically, I had signed up for one elective and that elective closed in between registration and the first day of school. And so the like the registrar just put us all into orchestra. And I remember my orchestra teacher saying, I know a lot of you don't want to be here. My goal is to try to convince you guys not to drop the class by the end of the class. And she totally convinced me. And I started to play the cello, which is something we have in common, though. Definitely. I've, this has been a long time since I last played the cello and I'm really, really rubbish at it now. But I did play it for three years. I learned how to read music. I learned like some music theory um, and actually when I went from middle school to high school, so about 14, age 14, instead of keeping with orchestra, which I was pretty sure I was going to do, I ended up, and I can't even tell you why, joining um, a classical choir instead. So I just kind of lifted, like 
what I had learned from orchestra and also just a history of singing and kind of put those things together. And then I kind of stuck with choir for the next eight years. Um, so I stuck with that in high school and in university. So that's kind of my music background, but I was saved in university. So when I, when I went off to university, I was saved and I, the church that um, I was saved in and stayed in until I moved to Scotland, um, they mostly, stuck with contemporary worship songs and sort of early on in my walk um i you know my good friends there and, and brothers and sisters in christ they were like oh you can sing you should sing on the worship team because i did go to a church where there was a full team and not necessarily a paid position but it was a it was kind of a an elder's wife kind of led it and um, and I was kind of her backup singer and I learned how to play the shaker, which the little egg shaker <laughs> for if anybody from Can old you learn that, though, I mean, it takes skill. If you ask some people on our old team, they did not have that skill. <laughs> so I, I, I want to say I was taught well. Um, so I did that pretty much for my whole time at this church and I was there for like eight years. So I was always on the worship team. And for, um, while I was on that worship team in university, still singing in the choir, um, the woman who led it for, for a part of the time, she was kind of like, I looked up to her and she played the guitar. So I wanted to learn how to play the guitar so that I could, this is like the Lord's planning, right? I was like, I want to learn how to play the guitar so I could play sometimes when she's not there. And I did kind of cover for her in some, some bits when she needed to be off. But I learned how to play the guitar. Very basic, not very good. If you were like, Monet, we're going to move this to the key of whatever, I'd be like, sorry, you just tell me where to put the capo because I don't know what you're talking about. So all the music theory that I learned when I was in middle school just is out the window. It's gone. Um, so, yeah, and basically I that was that was kind of my exposure to music and the church. Mostly contemporary songs, a few hymns. But then when I moved to Scotland, like, it's kind of like my whole world got flipped upside down. It's a down. different world here in it so is. many ways. It really is because the music here is, well, it's not to say that Scottish churches don't sing contemporary songs. They definitely do. It's not to say that Scottish churches don't have bands with multiple instruments. They definitely do. That is a total, like, that's, that's not the shock. It just so happens that um, the very first church we went to, uh, when we moved to Scotland, we were up in Aberdeen and that, that church had a full band. Um, but they mostly sung like, it was kind of a mix. It was a mix of hymns that either had been modernized or had like, um, had become quite popular. Some of the, some of the hymns we talk about, Be Thou My Vision and stuff, you know, songs that people would know, but they um, but they were, kind of older hymns. I think in Scotland, I don't know if it's part of our um, heritage, particularly with um, the the Presbyterians being a lot more conservative here. So you get Presbyterians that are Psalms only. And I don't know if that kind of strong, very conservative influence has meant that um, Scottish churches are that bit more wary of um, contemporary music. I'm not sure. Maybe it may, it might be. And, and because we tend to be, you know, both, you know, 
reformed Baptist women. Um, and we tend to be in those circles of just kind of reformed in general um, churches. We do, I think my exposure to more conservative culture within the church was kind of like expanded quite a lot. And so that definitely had a lot of influence, a lot of influence on the music. So it went from, you know, us having, I think my church in California, um, which by the way, my church in California actually has moved towards singing more hymns since I've left. And, and it's because of groups like Sovereign Grace and stuff who've actually put out more arrangements of old hymns, but with new melody, new songs, um, and some old, old songs as well, old, um, arrangements as well, I should say. But, um, to go from that, where I think at one point we had one or two guitars, depending on the day, four singers, a piano, a djembe player, sometimes an actual drum set, sometimes an electric bass. I mean, we, we could be anywhere from three to eight people on a Sunday to now. That's why I talk about God's planning now at our small, just recently planted church. It is me and my guitar and my voice and I don't have a mic and it's just a completely different thing. And and I do I am really thankful to the Lord that he gave me this desire for music because now it's being used quite practically in our church plant, uh, which we're officially not a plant anymore. But, you know, we're small and we're just, you know, so we don't have a lot of musical skill and you don't really have a lot of people full stop (laughs) to draw musical skill from. Exactly. Um, but it's it can be like that in Scotland, like particularly among Reformed Baptists. Mm-hmm. Some of our churches are really small. And by really small, I mean that like we've known churches with four members and mm-hmm. two of those are the pastor and his wife. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 Most definitely. Most definitely. So that's actually good. I think there's some overlap, but not a lot. It's a lot different well, background. The interesting thing. There's a few things that I didn't mention. One is that I nearly gave up music when I was in primary school. Really? Yes, because I I found classical music very kind of claustrophobic and mm. restrictive and mm-hmm. it just didn't, didn't interest me. Um, but I had this teacher who was not a music teacher. He was a random supply teacher um, who was just always there. And his name was Mr. Mason and he played what he called the squeeze box. It was the accordion. Oh, nice. And he used to compose his own music. Like he, a few years ago, actually, he emailed me a song called Cara's Clogs. Adrian, for me, it was really cute. But he used what? to like- Cara's what now? Clogs. So like your shoes. Like, yeah. Okay. It's just, it's just a little jig. Okay. Um, but he used to write all these Scottish tunes and mm-hmm. he'd be like, would well, you want to try it? Do you want to play it? And I'd play it with him and he'd hammer away at the piano or he'd have a squeeze box and mm-hmm. we'd play together. And it was basically the thing that made me realize- I don't have to be classically trained to love music. Yeah. But then skipping ahead, I really struggled in my teenage years because I was in a church where if it's not hymns and it's not classical music, then mm. basically you shouldn't really be listening to it. Mm. Um, so as someone who loved music, I had this struggle of I don't want to sin and I don't want to, you know, be listening to stuff that I shouldn't be listening to. But I didn't understand what was wrong yeah. with um, listening to things like Lecrae mm-hmm. or um, I'm trying to think who was kind of some of the more big ones at the time. Third Day, mm. bands like that. Yeah. Um, and in the end, I just got over it and was like, well, mm-hmm. 
it's a matter of conviction. It's fine for Absolutely. me to listen to this stuff. But that was a massive struggle for me. Yeah. It it is. It's a tough it's a tough thing and I hope it's it's we always talk about our hopes and dreams, which we will talk more about, but I do hope it's something that we can start to flesh out with this podcast because very different backgrounds in terms of music, in terms of salvation and everything like that. But here we are, common ground. And actually that kind of segues into the next question, which is the name of our podcast. Why him partial? Now, I'm happy to tackle this, but I kind of want you to tackle it first and then I'll kind of piggyback off I'm what you say. I to say what I said before the episode. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. So yes. um, we were trying to think of a good title. I love puns um, yes. a lot. So we were trying yes. to think up all these punny titles and we came up with quite a few. Mm. And uh, Monet's husband vetoed a few of them. <laughs> a few of the better ones, I want to say. For good reason, for good reason. But we were a bit sad. I, I understand his reasons. I don't necessarily agree with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had some really uncomfortable puns in there. Um, I mean... Him Reaper was original. Yes. And we still love it. Rest in peace, Him Reaper, because, yeah, no. <laughs> but it's just, it felt too much like death, and we didn't really want that association. Yeah. And it, it would feel like we were talking about Christian metal, really. Yeah. If, which, yes. Look at us. Yeah. No, no, we're no. not into that. But someone might be, no judgment. In which case, why. I want some of the royalties, yeah. but you can have that title. You could have it. I liked uh, Two Cents Verse. Or like yes. Tuppence verse. Yes. But verses are kind of... We had one that went quite far into the selection process, but I realized that as I started to say it too much into the microphone that it could maybe be heard incorrectly. And it wasn't a good... Yeah, it just didn't work. It if didn't you didn't work. hear it properly, yeah. then you could be quite affronted by yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, it was nothing bad. No, no, no. It was just... Yeah, just one of those things. If you're really, really curious on what that name was, you should you leave a ask. comment below yeah. and then we'll see in if fact, we get... if you're really curious about the list that we came up with, yes. let us know and I will... <laughs> you know what? We might share it. Like maybe we'll do like a live Q&A or something like that you know and we, we can do? share. We should do a treasure hunt across several episodes mm -hmm. in which we like mention potential titles that yes. we've got and they've got to collect them all and yes. if they do they, they can get entered into a giveaway and then win <laughs> oh, something yeah. i like that if you like that idea let us know yeah let we'll us know <laughs> um i thought it was great because we were kind of we were kind of racking our brain like what what are we going to be called what are we going to be called there's a lot in a name and so Kara just typed in when, cause we have a little text message group. She typed in him partial. I had gone to a pun generator cause I was tearing my hair at this point. <laughs> Every time I came up with something, they were like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> uh, we'd float quite a lot of ideas. I was yes. like pun generator. And then I was, I, I was for rhythm, but like rhythm's hard enough to yes. spell to begin with without. Yeah. 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 Um, but there were all sorts, like him mortals and stuff. Yes, like. yes. <laughs> but him partial actually, be, we, like for multiple reasons, we're like, yes, 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 this is great. And one of those reasons is because it's it's a pun generator from the word impartial, which... That one wasn't on the pun generator. It wasn't? No, I just... Okay. I was like, oh, impartial. And then I was like, I'll text it to you. Well, <laughs> it's a pun off the word impartial, yep. which... 
in some respects, in terms of church music, we kind of are. I think there are, you'll find some people that are very passionate about, we talked about Psalms only, you know, there's some people that say it's only this or it's only that, or like, you know, they'll say that kind of music's okay, but that kind of music is too much. You know, I'm not even going to say what those categories are, but I know what you're thinking. And we know folks who hold those kind of ideas. If you're thinking it, then you know people. Yeah, that hold then those you know, views. you yeah. know exactly what we're talking about. And we'll hopefully address those things in future episodes but we're kind of like let's talk about what we are saying and who we're saying it to and let's dig into the actual worship that we're bringing to the lord when we sing and and so in that regards we are very impartial um there's many types of genres that we plan to get into and i think you'd be surprised at what our our opinions are on that music um but also it's kind of like, it's like a play on the word, but also sort of contradictory because even though we're impartial towards how you should worship with music, we are also quite partial to hymns, which is why we've, we've been, most of our episodes have been on certain hymn songs. And so it really, really worked. So we're going to switch gears quickly because I think we're, uh, we're, we're running out of time a little bit, but... Just for funsies, what would you say is your favorite hymn? Can I give you top 10? <laughs> you could give me top two. <laughs> top two. Hmm. Um, I have a lot of hymns that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, probably two. Can I give you top three? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm bargaining here. <laughs> um, so top three would be in no particular order. Um, be still my soul. Mm-hmm. I mentioned that one before. Mm-hmm. Um, that's partly just because it's been there in important parts of my life. So it was there when my grand was very ill. We thought she was going to die. And mm. that was one of the songs that we sang randomly in church. Yeah. And I was like, this is amazing. It's right. What yeah. I need right now. Yeah. And then I had another friend, he passed away and we sang it at his funeral. Mm. Um, and then of course my best, one of my best friends had it at her wedding. She had the tune at her wedding, which was really emotional. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's just been, if I'm really upset or anxious or distressed, I will just sing that to myself. Yeah. Like, stop it. Be still. It's fine. Oh. Number two. That's lovely. What point of time? No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm so kidding. I'm totally kidding. Go ahead. It's go fine. Ahead. Uh, number two is Love That Will Not Let Me Go. Nice. Um, I felt really guilty about loving this song because um, I had been told when I expressed my love for it that it's a sentimental thing. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of just sort of, poo-pooed at yeah like, yeah this is ridiculous but actually we're gonna talk about it one day and you're gonna love it too <laughs> it's poetic but it's not sentimental oh, that's a good song. and then the last one is and can it be if i'd Ooh, known nice. about that song when i got baptized it would be my baptism really yeah. oh we, it's oh, just, we have to have oh, a episode on that it's those great. last two verses i'm just like yes yes yeah oh lovely lovely so what are your favorite hymns uh, I don't know if I have hymns prepared, but I have a hymn. Um, it's a hymn I only heard of for the first time, maybe about four years ago. And it is, I asked the Lord that I might grow. And I, I have never at that point when I first sang it, never sang a song before that was so convicting, but caused so much worship you know, and it's very rare that I can actually even sing that song without getting a little misty because, you know, for those of you who haven't heard it, 
it's a wonderful song. Um, the premise of it essentially is that there's the Christian and he's singing about how he asked the Lord that, or she, uh, asked the Lord that they would grow. And basically the, it was like the, the hymn writer was speaking out of both sides of his mouth because he wanted to grow, but the Lord actually sent him trials, earthly trials in order to, um, actually, actually help the hymn writer grow and cling to the Lord for all of his joy. But the, in that the hymn writer realized that they wanted just their earthly joys. They, you're like, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ask the Lord if I could grow, but I just want to, you know, be closer to my earthly things. Horrible synopsis of the song, but it is so very true for me. And I think it's a daily kind of reminder or like a, every time I sing it, it's a reminder that, um, God's not done with me. He's not done. There's a lot more for me to do. And there's a lot more that he needs to grow in me. And it's a heart check, I think. I love that it feels very like Job in the Bible. Yes. So he, he's in the middle of all this affliction. He's like, I want to grow, but why are you so mean to me? Mm. And then like in the second half of the hymn, it's kind of God replying and saying, this is why. Yeah. But one of the things I love about it is that it doesn't resolve anything. Like no. there's no, you don't get to the end and it's like, everything's good now. It's just him saying everything sucks and God saying this will teach you mm-hmm. in a good way. Mm-hmm. Just be faithful. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. So quick one. We're going to be quick on this answer, but what are your hopes for this podcast? You say yours, I'll say mine. And then we will say goodbye because we've been holding our listeners hostage for quite a while now. Sorry about that. <laughs> we just love talking. Like I said, we could talk to each other all day. This is why I picked Monet as my co-host, because we could just talk all day. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so my personal hopes for the podcast are that it helps our listeners to appreciate church music of all kinds mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. Um, also that it just it helps you to think about worship not just to turn up on a Sunday and pick up your hymn book and recite the lines because it's what we do but to think about what it is you're singing and to be encouraged um to learn more about that sort of Mm -hmm. thing and to just um for that to help you to participate more in a more full way in worship wherever Mm -hmm. you are Mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely I echo that 100% I think if we can build a community of people who are eager and happy to learn more about what they're singing on a Sunday, you know, we've said it a million times during this episode, but we are regular people. And so are most of you. I mean, some of you are way smarter than us. That's, that's not hard to be, but you know, some of you guys are actually, we know personally historians, we know people who have studied church history and hymnody and all that stuff. And some of the topics we've, we've gotten some great feedback from those people, but we want to build a community of Christians who actually are eager to learn this stuff, eager to share this stuff. And like Cara was saying that that would actually bring some more joy, some more, um, intentionality to our singing and our worship. Definitely. Yeah. 
Alrighty, amen. Well, that wraps up this very long but very fun, fun for us. I hope it was fun for you. Uh, episode of Him Partial. Make sure you like this video if you like what you saw. And if you have questions for us, please go ahead and put them in the comment section. We really will uh, plan to do some sort of live Q&A at some point in the future and your questions are very much needed. So hit the like button, hit subscribe button. Um, we will see you next time. I'm Monet Funga. And I'm Kara Devereaux. Lord bless and keep you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.